Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. How we doing? We good? Woo! I, uh, I told Trevor in the first service as we were walking up, I said, we're going to have to bring the energy today. Uh, and we did. And so at 10, we don't have a lot of energy left, so we need you to help us. Try it. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here for spring break Sunday, uh, and we're thankful that you're here. And, you know, if you're jealous of your friends that are at the beach or at Disney and you've, you know. You should be. It's freezing outside thing. again. Yeah, I know. It's spring break, <laughs> and it was like 80 yesterday, and it was like 40 this morning. What is the deal with the devil is fighting against us? I'm telling you. Hey, we're glad you're here. You heard it just a minute ago, uh, but let me just reiterate one more time. Easter weekend's coming three weeks from now, and we want you to make plans to be with us. It's going to be an awesome weekend, Friday night, night of worship and communion. That is a separate kind of event, uh, separate kind of programming as we just reflect and remember the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus. And then we start our Easter services, four identical services on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, and then three on Sunday morning, 8.30, and 11.30. Um, what we know is that the 10 o'clock service on Easter weekend is going to be jam-packed. So even if you normally attend 10 o'clock, we're asking you just to choose one of those other services if possible. The only difference among all four is that on Saturday night, we're offering a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt for your kids. Um, we had some adults that were really sad to learn in the 8.30 service that <laughs> adults will not be able to participate in that. Um, so you can't, you can't do that. But uh, if you do normally attend this 10 o'clock service, we're asking you just to choose one of those other services, maybe 11.30, uh, just be a little bit later, miss the lunch crowd if you're not cooking somewhere, or maybe come at 8.30 and get to lunch early, or maybe come Saturday night and just have your Sunday free. But we would sure. love for you to be a part of Easter weekend here at Canton Church with us. It's going to be awesome. Today we conclude the core series. We started this earlier in the month of March. Uh, and if you've been with us each of these weeks or any part of these weeks, then you've heard this same little uh, summation to start. But I'm going to hit it one more time. The first week, we, we tried to create as much clarity around who we are as a church and where we're headed as we possibly could. And so that first week, what we talked about is that we exist because generations matter. If you've attended here any length of time, you've heard us say that uh, before. But we say out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 that faith is for you, your children, and your children's children. That faith is something that you receive and you hand off. It's not just something for you. And so we, we talked about why we exist because generations matter and what that looks like. Some of you are first generations of faith. Others of you, uh, you, you, you received faith and you had some parents or grandparents or people that came before you that helped to instill in you what you believe and, and why you believe those things. And now you're charged to hand that off. And so we want to help you take that journey. The second week, we started talking about some core values, some things that are dear to our heart and, and really how we operate as a church and why we operate those ways. And so the first week of that part of this series, we started talking about because generations matter, uh, we make Jesus known. And for us, you don't come to hear me. You don't come to even greet one another. We come because we're lifting high the name of Jesus. So in our church and in our community, we make it all about Jesus, and that's our heart. And so we make Jesus known. And then the second week of this part of the series, we talked about the idea that because generations matter, we fight for families. And my wife, Corey, just shared out of that passage from Nehemiah that talks about they were building the wall, but at the same time, the enemy was coming to attack. And so they began to gather in families and fight against the enemy there. And so we recognize that we're not just building a church. We're not just building our lives, but we understand that the enemy's fighting against us. And so we will rally together. And remember what we read in that passage of Nehemiah. It says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He will fight 
for us. And so we rally together and trust the Lord to help us as we fight for families. And then last week, Pastor Casey and Pastor Matt helped me as we talked about this idea of because generations matter, we equip the next generation. And we talked about how we do that for children and for students and what that looks like for us as a church and what that looks like for you as a family, no matter the ages of your children or grandchildren. If you don't have them yet, what that looks like for you to, to influence the people that are in your sphere of influence. And so we just, we talked about what that looks like for us and really challenged you if you are parents to be the primary disciplers of your children. And so today I'm excited to have Pastor Trevor with me. Pastor Trevor is now our administrative pastor. Um, his job changed back in the fall. And, uh, you know, as the story goes, Corey and I moved to the Atlanta area uh, in January of 2007. Uh, and we began working at Mount Perrin North Church down in Marietta as uh, youth pastors, high school pastors. And he was a sophomore in high school at that point. And man, he was a punk. He was a punk. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's still a punk. Um, <laughs> But no, we love him and Lauren, his wife, so much. Uh, they're just such a huge part of, of what God has done at first at Mount Perry North and then at Mount Perry North Canton Campus and now at Canton Church here. And so we're thankful uh, for them. And so today, uh, Pastor Trevor is going to help me as we talk about this, this next core value for us, this idea that because generations matter, we connect people to people. Yeah, as we look at the idea of connecting people to people, now, there's no better place to start than looking in Scripture, and as we look at Scripture and this idea, there's really no better place to start than with just the very beginning foundational aspects of the church. And so Acts is really kind of this book that's kind of this linchpin of the New Testament. I saw your line that you're, you said in the first service. Um, but it's this, it's this really pivotal part in Acts chapter 2, most famously known as being the, the chapter of Scripture that talks about the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost, you know, Jesus was on earth here living with the disciples, and then Jesus was crucified. And then, spoiler alert for Easter, three days later, he rose again from the grave. You still come, though. It's going to be a great wait. <laughs> But Jesus came, and then later on, he ascends up to heaven. But prior to ascending to heaven, he promised the disciples that it was better that he leaves so that God could send the helper. And we know the helper to be the Holy Spirit. And so these disciples now, not being able to live day in and day out with Jesus in the flesh, they go to this upper room, and there's nothing special about the upper room. It was literally just the upstairs part of the house that they were at. And they're in this upper room, and they're praying, and they're asking God to send this help, send what Jesus promised would be better than Jesus in the flesh. And while they were there, and you can go read, and I encourage you if you never have, to go read it yourself. But Acts chapter 2 really lays out this, this vision of, of what it would have been like to have been in that room. And they seemed to appear as if like tongues of fire were to fall and land on each of them. And they all began speaking in different languages. So Peter led this group of people out to the streets. And there was a festival going on in the city that they were in. And there were tons of people from different parts of the region in the city with them. And they were hearing them speaking in their own native language. And so on that day, 3,000 people got saved because of these people that had left this upper room and gone and to preach the Jesus story to these people. And 3,000 people got saved. And that is what I call explosive church growth. Right. If we had 3,000 people show up on a Sunday morning, the least of our problems would be trying to get all of you in this 10 o'clock to move to the 11.30 or the 8.30 because you're tired of hearing us say that anyway, right? You're like, I'm coming at 10 because I like the 10. But 3,000 people come and join the church that day. And later on down in Acts chapter 2, so we're going to pick up the story in verse 42. 
This is after the 3,000 have been added to their number, and this is what is going on now. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. I love how verse 44 ends, and it says, And the believers met together. It's this idea of togetherness. As we look at connecting people to people, it's this idea of being together that they're referencing here. If we look back all the way at verse 1 of Acts chapter 2, this is prior to the tongues of fire coming and landing on each of them and them receiving the Holy Spirit. The very first part of Acts chapter 2 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. So the very foundational beginnings of the church was this idea of togetherness. It was a group of people that had been with Jesus. They had been together with Jesus. And then Jesus leaves, and they go together into this room. They pray. God does what only God can do. Thousands of people are added to their number. And then they go, and then they get together again, right? And it's this idea of really connecting people to people. If we continue reading on, in verse 45, it says, They sold their possessions and their property and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy, generosity. Here at Canton Church, we have life groups, and many of you are probably in a life group. And if you thought that we like creatively came up with our life group model on our own, and you think like we're just brilliant by the way that you laid it out, like you can keep thinking that, we are brilliant. Yeah. Matt Popham's really brilliant. Yeah. But we didn't really come up with that model. We took it from something that happened thousands of years ago with a group of people that had met in an upper room, and then they went out and they shared the gospel, and thousands more came, and they came together for corporate worship settings similar to what we're doing now. And then what did they do? They still got in groups of people, went into homes, and ate a meal together and prayed and worshiped together. It's our life group model. Here at Kane Church, we do our life groups based on semesters. We have a fall semester and a spring semester. We're in the middle of our spring semester right now of life groups. And in our life groups, we have life groups that get together to do activities. We've got a men's softball team that, depending upon the night and who shows up, they're either really good or they have a lot of fun. But they have a lot of fun even when they are really good. But it's a group of guys that say, you know what, let's just do life together. Because life together is better. It's about connecting people to people. And so we get a group of people together, and we go play softball. And then after the game, win or lose, mad or upset, whether Pastor Jeremy's been kicked out of the game hey. or not, we get together on the side, and we pray, and we read a Bible verse. We ask anybody got any prayer requests. We're there for each other. There's a group text that goes on, and it goes on a lot. <laughs> if you're not on the softball team, I'm encouraging you, like, join. It's an incredible group of guys that just do life together. There's tons of incredible life groups. There are life groups that their specialty is getting together and doing a meal. Some of those groups are better at cooking than other groups. I'll help you find which one you <laughs> want to join, right? But life groups are incredible opportunities for you to connect to other people. That's why we do them. We don't do them to just fill your schedule and make you have really, really busy weeks. We do them because we believe it's pivotal to what your Christian walk should be. It's the life change that takes place connecting with people. I want to read the very last verse of Acts chapter 2. I'm actually going to read verse 46, then I'll read 47. 46 again, it says, the worship, They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, of, to their fellowship, those who were being saved. You know, Acts chapter 2 starts with a small group of people sitting in a room together, doing life and worshiping God and trying to figure out how to live out this faith together. Today, Pentecost takes place. They go out. They add 3,000 people to their number. They start meeting in corporate worship settings, but then they still keep true to those roots of saying, you know what, it's so important that we continue to get into small groups in each other's homes and sharing a meal together. You know, so many times in the church, we can feel that the life change is, is up to us, us, people's hearts changing, and people entering into a relationship with God is up to me and what I do. And, and while it's important that you and I live out a, a walk with God and that we go out and we tell our Jesus story, God does the actual heart change in people. Yeah. That, that's up to God. That's them and God. But what you and I can do is we can come to church and we can be in corporate worship settings, and then we can jump into life groups and we can connect people to people because the reality is is your life group they need you just as much as you need them yeah so you have this church that's growing uh you have explosive growth on the day of pentecost and then you have them beginning to form in groups meeting in homes and sharing meals together and and doing life together just like pastor trevor described and so if you continue to read the book of acts which which is an important book i mean he, he stole my line that i said in the first service um, but he, most of my lines he steals. But the <laughs> idea is um, that Acts is the linchpin of the New Testament. Because what you have is you have the Gospels, so you have the ministry of Jesus, and then the later part of the New Testament, you have these letters that are written and these stories about the early church being formed, and Acts helps us to connect what Jesus said and Jesus did and the followers of Jesus with how that church is living out, like right. what the disciples were actually doing. So in Acts, you read about the church being planted, and then later you read the letters that were written to the people at the church that had been planted. And then you read about these stories of the missionary journeys and the things that are happening. And so it's, it's very important what's taking place in Acts. And so the church is growing, and just like any growing movement, any growing organization, maybe the business that you're a part of, or even your family as it continues to grow, perhaps, there is a sense of chaos with growing movements and growing organizations on some level. And that's what happens if you continue to read in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. You start to see miracles and the teachings and people beginning to come with adversity against these followers of the way uh, and the followers of Jesus after Jesus has ascended back to the Father. And so then we come to Acts chapter 6. And this is kind of that place where we begin to see the chaos really working itself into the story and how they're going to deal with the chaos. Acts chapter 6 says this beginning in verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, which we've been reading about, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, uh, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, now here's what's happening. 
as the chaos of the growth is taking place in this early church, some things are beginning to drop. Some balls are getting dropped. It's not an, in- it's not an intended thing. It's unintended. But as the growth is taking place, the apostles, these apostles are the 12 disciples. There were 11 left after Judas left, so they replaced him. Now they have 12. These 12 apostles and these new disciples, these thousands of people that are coming to follow the way, they are doing ministry. And so these 12 apostles are preaching and teaching, and they're doing the miraculous. And so here's what happens. If you read in the Old Testament law, you understand that if there is a widow, if a husband dies and the widow is left, and she has a son or she has a male relative, then that family member takes care of her. But if there's not a family member to do so, then the church, the the community of faith, begins to care for this widow. And so the, the, the Hellenistic Jews, these are the Jews that speak Greek. They begin to complain to the Jews that speak Hebrew and say, hey, here's what you need to know. Our widows, the Greek-speaking Jewish widows, are not getting their fair share of the bread when the food is distributed every day. The church is taking care of people's needs, but our widows are getting left out. Now, here's how this would work. As, as we read in Acts chapter 2, people would bring all their possessions together. They would give all their possessions to the, to the faith community there, to the church, and then that would be distributed to help care for all the needs of the people. And so the apostles are preaching and teaching, and every single day... They would bring the money to the apostles, and the apostles would say, okay, um, you know, take this much, go buy some bread, take this much, go buy some flour, you know, do whatever needs to be done, and just kind of give it out to all the widows that we have in the church. But as the church was growing, people began to get kind of missed out on. They, they didn't get their daily fill. And so the Greek-speaking Jews said to the Hebrew-speaking Jews, our widows are getting left out. And then we read this line where the apostles say, listen, we're busy preaching and teaching And if we stopped what we're doing to make sure that everybody got fed the bread that they wanted, we would be neglecting what we're called to do. And when I read that, I think, wow, that is a little bit tough. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, how do you even say that to these people? Because they're just wanting to make sure their widows have bread. But what they were actually saying is, listen, we are passionate about preaching and teaching. And we know that there are some of you who are just as passionate about making sure everybody gets food. And so let's work together and let's form a team that says we'll keep doing what we're passionate about. And you choose some people that are passionate about this other job. And let's begin to work together to make sure that we can accomplish more together. And so that's what they do. They choose seven men. Some of them have very weird names. (laughs) Here's what I did when I was studying. I recognized that these seven names of these seven men were Greek names. So the Greek-speaking Jews presented the problem, and the solution came from the Greeks. Here's what I know. Some of you, you are attending our church. Maybe you've attended for a while. Maybe you've just attended for a short amount of time. And you are passionate about some area of ministry that we don't currently offer. And the tendency would be, hey, we want to offer this new ministry, so, you know, Jeremy, go do that. I I, I probably can't because I'm not as skilled at that as you are, but I may not even be as passionate about it as you are. And so what if the solution came from the same group of people that had the passion to present the problem? Yep. So the Greeks said there's a problem and the solution came from the Greeks. And so here's what you need to know. In the last six months of our church here at Canton Church, all right, in the last six months, I asked them to put it up. We have had 960 people come to our church. And when you look around this room, you go, no, you're a liar. <laughs> well, you're a liar for calling me a liar. Because I promise you, 
This yeah. is not a head count where we double and triple counted and quadruple counted a bunch of kids that stayed here for two or three services. And we, oh yeah, I don't think we've counted. This is people <laughs> we have names and addresses and phone numbers and birth dates and email address. All, all, we have that because it's people that have come to a service, filled out a connection card, checked their kids in, been to a life group, registered for an event. Like they're here. And so I cannot meet the needs of all 960 people. I want to. It's not for lack of want to. I just know somebody's going to get missed. And so as a part of that, what we've done is, is very similar to what we saw in Exodus chapter 18, where Moses is caring for the needs of the people. His father-in-law Jethro comes. He says, hey, you're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to wear the people out. And so what you need to do is distribute the roles of ministry and call some people to care for 50s and 100s and 200s and 500s and thousands, and that's what Moses did. And, and we saw that the children of Israel were in a healthier place at that point. And what we read in Acts chapter 6 verse 1 is that the disciples were increasing. After they spread the ministry out, it said that they were increasing rapidly. Yep. There is a multiplication to this process, but this is not just about 960 people. <coughs> This is not just about me and what I can or can't do. This is why I'm so thankful for our staff. I'm so thankful for our elder couples. I'm so thankful for the volunteers that serve throughout our ministry. Because here's what happens. If you go to the hospital or a family member goes to the hospital, we want to know about it. But it may not be me that comes to visit you in the hospital. I, I do go to the hospital. I just went this past week or a couple weeks ago. But it may be an elder couple that comes to visit you. It probably should be your life group leader who's doing right. life with you or your team lead on your volunteer team. And that's who should visit you because they're in life with you. But what we want you to know is like we want the span of care extended so that we can reach as many people as God continues to bring to this place. But this is not just about the people that receive care. This is also for the people that give care. This is for the people in our church that are volunteering and serving and, and, and giving of themselves. Here's what we believe about service at Canton Church. We believe that when you serve, you can make a difference in somebody's life. That's not like a bumper sticker. It's not a tagline. <laughs> we legitimately believe that when you serve, you can make a difference in somebody's life. Yep. You, you have that ability. And so whether you're serving coffee or you're working in the parking lot helping people get into a building or you're helping them find a parking spot in a parking lot that has more people and cars than spots and you're helping them kind of figure that out, or you're helping them stay dry even as you get wet so they can come in or go out, or whether you're checking kids in or serving those children in a kid's environment, or whether you're leading middle school or high school students in rooted groups on Wednesday nights, or you're a life group leader hosting people in your home or someone else's home, or whatever it is that you're doing, we believe that you are making a difference in someone's life. And the people that every single Sunday raise their hand to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior are a testimony to that life yeah. change. And so for us, when we talk about that, we're saying, hey, we want you to continue to consider being a part, not just to continue to consider, we want you to consider being a part of the team. And we want you to jump into a place because we want to help everyone that calls this place home find their sweet spot of service. Because we don't want you just to live for you, we want you to live to help make a difference in somebody's life. But it's not just here in the building, it's also across the street and around the world. Yeah, Pastor Jeremy referenced earlier that my role transitioned in the fall to administrative pastor. We brought on two new staff members this past September, I believe. We brought on Pastor Steve, who's our worship pastor, and Pastor Casey, 
who is our student connections pastor. And when we did that and I transitioned, that increased our staff's capacities. We had more people, so obviously more things could get done. So as we've, as we've looked at that and as we've been walking this journey over the last seven or eight months of having the new people, figuring out what capacities and what areas are we wanting to increase. And one of those is local and global missions. Now, if you've been at church and you've been around church, you've probably heard um, the term um, community outreach, and that's the same thing as local missions. We just call it local missions. Other places call it community outreach. Same thing. And so what we've really been trying to figure out is what do we, what do we want and what do we feel like God is calling Canton Church to be when it comes to local and global missions. And so this past fall, we took our first ever global missions trip, leaving the country as a church, and we went down to Guatemala. We took a team down there and spent a week at the orphanage down there in Casa Shalom with about 98 kids that are just unbelievably cool kids. And so we did that. And this year, we're taking two trips back to Guatemala to Casa Shalom. In the summer, we're going this July, and we're going to be running a sports camp down there, playing some games with them. Then we're going to do some VBS-type things and some youth group-type things with the older kids. But it's going to be a blast. And we'd love for you to join us on that trip. It's going to be an incredible time. There's still time for you to get on that trip. And then we're going in November again. In November trip, it rains six months out of the year down there. And when I say rain, it rains harder than you've ever seen it rain. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy how much rain they get. And so one of the problems that they have is to make sure that all of these different houses that they house this roughly 100 kids in, all of the roofs stay in good working order and they all the houses stay dry. And so they've got one house that a group of boys are staying in, that that house has a leaky roof. And so we're going down this November after rainy season ends, and we're taking that old roof off, and we're putting a new roof on. So the next year's rainy season, that group of boys don't have to worry about what stuff's going to get wet for six months. And so we're, we're so excited about where God is directing us and leading us when it comes to global missions. But local missions, what we've really decided to do is like partnering with a group of volunteers that just have a heart and a passion for local missions. And we're going to, we're going to just find places and ways to serve our community. And the first of those is going to be what we're calling Love Week. There's been other churches that have done similar things to Love Week. But we're going to spend the week leading up to Easter Sunday doing a community service, a local missions project every single day of that week. And so that'll start on April the 13th, and on April the 13th, we want to mobilize as large of a group of people as possible, and we're going to go to the Angel House. The Angel House, some of you have probably heard of it before, or you've driven by it before. It's here in our community, and it is a girl's home here that take in girls that might not have anywhere else to go or might not be wanted anywhere else. And we're going to go over to this house that does unbelievable things for these girls and helps them get their education and a safe place to live and food to eat and clothes to wear and help them with getting connected to counselors if that might be needed and to, and to really connect and set these girls up for success in the future coming from whatever their past might look like. And we're going to go over there that day and we're going to serve in any ways possible. I talked to the, um, the director over there a couple of weeks ago. And in that conversation, they have three opportunities this summer where they're going to bring in different groups of people to raise some funds for this nonprofit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go over and make the grounds look as good as possible that day. We're going to pull weeds and we're going to put mulch out and we're going to do some paint projects and repair projects. It's going to be an opportunity for us to go to a home that, that is full with, filled with girls and is led by an incredible group of women. And we're going to say, Canton Church just wants to partner with you, and we want to come alongside you in whatever it takes to help you be successful in the mission that God's put in your heart. We want to help with that. 
And if that means us doing electrical repair work and painting and fixing swings so that these girls have a fun place to go, then that's what we're going to do. And so they are so excited about us coming over on the 13th. And then the rest of that week leading up to Good Friday, we're going to find unbelievable ways to serve police officers in our community and firemen in our community and school teachers and educators and faculties and staffs and bus drivers. And like, we're going to just say, you know what, the people of Canton, Canton Church is here because we want to connect to people. And we just want you to know that we love you and we're here. If you ever need anything, let us know. And that's what we're really going to try to do. And so Love Week is going to be an incredible opportunity that if you have a heart for local missions to just jump in. If you go to our website right now, you can do it on the app. You can go to the, through the web. And if you go to our events page, you can see a list of all of the incredible events coming up. But one of those just says, I'm interested in serving during Love Week. You just register for that. You're not committing that you're saying I'm in every single day. But what you're going to do is you'll get some emails from me. You'll get some, some contact information to us so that we can contact you so that you can know, hey, this is what we're doing and these are the days that we're doing it because we'd love for you to connect and to plug in. If you've got a heart for local missions, come alongside us and partner with us in these things. It's going to be an incredible, incredible week. Yeah, you know, God's doing amazing things here. and We've said that for a while and and. and I believe it, and I believe it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And, and so you hear about Love Week, and you hear about missions trips, and you hear about Easter weekend coming. And, and so what I want you to know as we kind of conclude this series is that our heart for what God is doing here is, is not quenched. Like, it, it's not that we say, oh, this is great, and thank you, God, for what you've done. We just say, thank you, God, for what you're doing, and we want you to keep doing that, and we want to be faithful stewards of that. And so we want to exist for more than ourselves we want to exist for those in this building and outside of this building right. in our community and literally around the world. We want to connect people to people. We want to do that in community. We want to do that through service. We want to find ways to make a difference in the lives of people, and we want to help connect them to each other so that they can be more connected to you. We believe Easter weekend is going to be an amazing weekend, yeah. a record-breaking, life-changing weekend. Uh, maybe as many as a thousand or more people here for the services on that weekend and, uh, and, and people getting saved and giving their life to Jesus Christ. Like, that's my expectation for the weekend. Right. But it doesn't just stop this Easter. We're believing that God's going to continue to do things. And so we're saying more services, three services is not the end, more services. And we're saying launching new campuses. And we're saying, like, over the next few years, like, God continue to increase our capacity to serve more people. Not so we get bigger and bigger and bigger, so that we actually get smaller and smaller and Try smaller. It. So that we have more life groups so more people can be known. We have more serving teams so more people can be served. We have more elder couples to care for people. We have more life groups and life group leaders to care for people. We have more opportunities to get smaller so more people are known at Canton Church. Right. And so as we, as we say that, as we hear that, we understand that what God is calling us to is to connect more people to people. So let's get practical for a minute. This is not an advertisement. It's not a sales pitch. You tune me out if you want to, but you're going to miss some really good stuff here, okay? Um, you just heard about Love Week. Go register for that. The missions trips two times this year. Maybe you say, hey, I'm all about the VBS-type trip in the summer. I want to love on some kids and have fun with kids. Play then soccer. Play soccer, yeah. They're foot, way, football, football. Yeah, they're football, like four, football. and they're way better than I They're I'll way better be. than you. So... Um, they're not better than me. They're better than you. But anyway, yeah, um, you, you can so say, you say that hey, now. summer, I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Or maybe you say, hey, that's not really my kind of trip, but I want to go help make sure those kids stay dry. That's right. I'm in. 
I'm in for the trip in the fall, like I'm in for that trip. Or maybe you say, hey, I, I, I can't go around the world, but I am in for like local stuff. Right. Like pulling weeds and mulch and painting some stuff and electrical. I gotta, I've got a passion and I've got some skills. Like I can meet some needs. Like yeah. if it's to go and serve breakfast to a bunch of school bus drivers on a Monday or Tuesday morning that week, like I'll show up early and serve them breakfast and Try thank it. them for taking care of our kids. And if it's to go and deliver lunch to police officers in our community and say thanks for keeping up, I'm in. If that's Try writing it. handwritten notes to school teachers, if that's, if that's serving in ways, if it's buying the person's lunch, I'm in. You just tell me what to do because I want to connect to people yeah or you say hey it's it's beyond love week for me I want to do something every time that I come into the doors of this place I want to make coffee and I want to serve in the parking lot and I want to get into a kid's classroom and last week when you were talking about students middle school and high school like I want to lead middle school students because middle school was when my life was changed forever because somebody that was older than me took a chance and invested in me and my Try life's it. never been the same and I want to be that story for a middle schooler at this church well, the next week is Canton Life during the 10 o'clock service. Yep. And you just go to our website, register, jump in, and find out about all the places that you possibly could plug in. And you go, man, this sounds like you're just trying to keep me busy. No, no, no. I'm trying to help you connect your purpose yeah. and your passions and your giftings here at Canton Church. And, and if you would say this, and I didn't say this in the first service, but as he was talking a minute ago, like I really, I really felt this in my heart. If you say, I don't want to do that here, then... Honestly, hear my heart. Try it. Go find a different church where you can do that. Amen. Yep. Because here's what I mean. I'm not saying you have to be serving here to be a part of this church. I'm saying if this is not a place that you're willing to do that, if you say, I don't want to do it because I don't, I don't like this place or I don't think this place has the no, no, then go find a place that you can give your life away to. Yeah. Because there are people that are hurting and people that need you and what you have inside of you, they need it. And they need you to say, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to connect to other people so that they can be more connected to God. Yeah. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't walk out of here going, well, Jeremy <laughs> just yelled at me, and i got to go sign up for something, or i got to go find a new church. <laughs> that's not what I said. If you thought that's what I said, you need to talk to Trevor afterwards, okay? <laughs> Send all complaints to Matt P. That's at right, Matt P. at CantonChurch.com. <laughs> I don't know. Here's what I am saying. If this is a place you call home, if over this series you've heard us try to create as much clarity as possible about who we are and where we're headed, then give your life here. That's right. Like just, I'm in. Give your life here. And I said it a couple weeks ago and I'll say it again. If you will give God this year more than you've ever given him, I believe this time next year your life will be exponentially better. That's right. You, you come to church. What would it look like for you to come to church 52 times in the next year? You say, well, you don't know my sky. I don't. What would it look like, though? What would it look like if you actually took that step and jumped into a life group? What would it look like if you, you said, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what they're, and you just jumped onto a serving team or you signed up for a missions trip. You, you said, I'm going to serve on Love Week. What would it look like if you connected to people to meet the needs of people so that they would see the love of God through Good. you? I can tell you what it'd look like. Their lives would be better, and so would yours. That's right. Because we believe here at Canton Church that you can make a difference. You can make a difference. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. If you would say to me, you know what, for me, Jeremy, I recognize that the first step, the absolute best step for me, is to make sure that I'm on the right team. Like you're talking about the unity and the togetherness and the team here. I'm not on Team Jesus. 
like I'm not in relationship with him. And I want to change that today. I want to ask him to forgive my sins and to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? We want to pray for you today. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now, if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I want to make a difference. I don't know what that looks like maybe right now, or maybe I know exactly what that looks like. Maybe it's jumping into Love Week or a missions trip, or it's signing up for Canton Life next week, or it's a serving team. I'm going to find a way, but I want to make a difference with my life. Maybe I'm on a team, but I'm going to go to my team leader and see if I can switch because I'm not as passionate about what I'm doing as what I used to do, and I want to make a difference. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. God, I thank you for every person in this place today. I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for the people that are not here, those that are on spring break or those that had other things today and they couldn't be here. But God, I just thank you for this place, Canton Church. Hey, Miss Beth. The group of people that you've called and assembled together. God, I ask you now to save the people that have lifted their hands to respond to the call to salvation today. Forgive their sins and lead their lives from this moment forward. We thank you, God, that that's what you do. You change eternities. So God, thank you for that. God, now I pray for every person that lifted their hands to say, I want to make a difference. Help them to do so. You change lives, but you continue to invite us into the process, helping us to serve and to love people the way that you love. And so, God, I pray that we would respond today, Love Week or a missions trip or a serving team or whatever that looks like. We would recognize that you're calling us to more. God, help us to connect people to people here at Canton Church. So that more and more people can be known here. Known by you. Known by us. They feel loved and accepted. So God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.